right, good morning, Calvary. Are you doing good? Amen. It's already been a really good morning, don't you think? Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention, and then I'll get into the scriptures today, uh, continuing our Holy Spirit series, is our Calvary new members class. If you've been coming to Calvary and you're saying, you know what, the Lord is calling us to be a part of this church, to really commit, to lock in, please register for our new members class, July 20th, 27th, and the 3rd. Yes, it's three Wednesday nights, but you will not be disappointed. Marie and I are gonna be teaching those. And we have a high value on our members. And so we don't wanna make it just quick and easy in and easy out, because if you're gonna covenant with us to do something in the kingdom, we want you to make a good quality decision, right? Nobody wants to do something that's just cheap, right? We wanna, we wanna know what we're doing and we want the Holy Spirit to really move in our hearts. And I wanna encourage you, sometimes people say, you know, what's the value of becoming a member? Does that mean I just get to vote or something? And we've kind of boiled down membership into just a voting privilege. And I just wanted to quickly give you some vision on what the value is to you by becoming a member. The value to all of us is this, when people commit to the vision, when people understand the vision and they have a same heart and they're all going in the same direction and they're faithful to be there saying, God has planted me here, the value to you is being a part of a church with a bunch of committed people, amen? It's hard to build trust and it's hard to build a healthy community when everyone's in and out every six months. Come on, pastor, preach it, right? And so when people are saying, you know what, God has called me here and we're about to lock into this place, the value to all of us is being a part of a church that can withstand the test of time, to withstand all the ups and downs of culture, go through the tough times and the celebration times and to be a body that's committed to being together to make this place great for our children and our grandchildren and for our families. That's the value of membership. It's not just the vote, it's people who are committed. And one of the unique things here about Calvary is we have so many members in this place that I could point to and say they have been a part of this church for decades, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Do you know that is an anomaly in American church nowadays? Some of you may have never even met someone that's been in a church longer than two years. But Calvary, God has used these legacy members to stand the test of time. And here you are today sitting in a vision that they helped start years and years ago and they stayed planted and faithful. And now our families are receiving the benefit of that. That's the benefit of long lasting committed people to a vision who will not be moved by the winds of change in time and the devil or whatever, but they're committed. That's membership. Somebody get excited about that. Amen. We can do something great together when we're faithful and committed. Awesome. So please register on the Calvary Orlando app so we know you're coming and I'll look forward to being with you guys those three Wednesdays. Today we're going to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to come from an angle that may be new. You may not be familiar with this kind of thought process in receiving the Holy Spirit, but it'll make sense as we progress. Write in your notes, if you would please, the scripture, Acts chapter 19, verse two. Acts chapter 19, verse two. The apostle Paul is taking a walk and he sees a Bible study kind of going on under a tree and he walks over to these believers and he asks them this question. He says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed. Now he was talking to them about a baptism in the Holy Spirit, about a filling of the Holy Spirit, but I really wanna kind of focus in on that word being received, being received. Years ago, I went on a missions trip to Zimbabwe, Africa. And when I went to my home opener's home, they received me in such a way that I was uncomfortably kind and generous and open. When I walked in, the gentleman, and he wasn't even the pastor of the church, he was one of the elders at the church, he handed me a key. And he had my name on a little card and printed on it. And he said, you are not a guest in our home. We receive you into our home. You are a part of our home. Your family now. This home is yours and you can come and go whenever you're in Zimbabwe or in town. I didn't know that I'd be passing through Zimbabwe often, you know, but he was making sure that I understood something. He's like, this house is now your house. You're not a guest in our house. You're a part of our house. And here's the key to the house. 
still have that key in a little like treasure box uh, back in my home. But it really spoke something to me because when I was growing up, we've had guests in our home. We had visitors and people stay with us. And you know, there's a lot of unspoken rules when you have guests in your home, like I will put you in your guest room and you will stay there. And the stuff in the fridge, right? Don't eat my stuff in my fridge. I will tell you what you can eat, right? We put out the cereal that we want them to have. We put, maybe this isn't you, okay? Maybe I'm exposing a little bit of like humanity on my part, right? But you know, the good coffee we put aside and we put out like the cheap stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay, okay. I've gotten better over the years. I can share better. But if we were honest, you know we have a little bit of, there are guests, but they don't get the whole house. Like who's in charge of the remote? Can I get an amen on that? Come on now. I mean, you're a guest, you should, you should behave yourself. Don't you put your feet on that. Don't go eating stuff that you didn't ask about. Come on, go washing your stuff without asking, using all my soap. And we have some barriers and some boundaries there. And that's, that's kind of the direction we're gonna talk about today in receiving the Holy Spirit. In receiving the Holy Spirit, is he a guest in our house or does he own the house? Is he welcome into every room of the house or do we have a certain place that we put him in the house? Now I'm gonna get into some topics today that I wanna give you a little warning in advance because there's some rooms of the house that will deal with intimacy and sex. And so I wanna give you an opportunity today that if you have a young person in the room that you don't feel this is a conversation that they should be here for, you have some time to get them over to our kids' ministry. But if the Holy Spirit can't go all the way into some of those deep conversations and sex conversations, then he doesn't have access to the whole house. Are you understanding? And so today we're gonna to go into some rooms of the house and we're gonna talk about giving the Spirit space and receiving him into our life, into our house. So going back to the idea from last week of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, you can write it down, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I wanna say it like this today. Wherever you allow the spirit of God to go in your life, he will bring freedom. Which means if there are rooms in your house that you are not allowing the Holy Spirit in because you might be afraid of what he's gonna do when he gets in there, let me tell you what he's gonna do. He's gonna bring you freedom. He's gonna set you free. He's also the spirit of truth. And so sometimes by letting the Holy Spirit go into a new space in our life, we may not have realized that we had some bondage in some areas. But by giving the Holy Spirit the key, by giving the Holy Spirit the access, saying, God, we receive you. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received him into your life fully? Have you received him into your home fully? Given him permission into every room of the house, giving him access. When the spirit of truth comes into a room, you may not even have realized some things that are out of alignment, but he's not there bringing judgment, he's there bringing freedom. Because when we're out of alignment, we're suffering loss. When we're out of alignment, we're open to destruction. When we're out of alignment, there are things that we're missing that God wants to bring into our lives. Today's message is not going to be one of condemnation, but it will bring truth. And when you have a, eyes of faith, you're gonna realize if I let the Holy Spirit in that area, I'm gonna experience freedom. I'm gonna experience breakthrough. I'm gonna experience God's best. This is a message filled with God's love, my friends. Why does the Holy Spirit wanna get involved in every room of the house? Because he's for you, not against you. Because he loves you and knows you more than anyone else in this world knows you. So any of his ways and any of his truth that he brings into your life, he's bringing it into our lives to help us, not hurt us. He's not bringing bondage, come on now. When you do things God's way and you listen to God's way in those areas of your life, he's not bringing bondage, he's bringing freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Which means doing it God's way is the best way, is leading you to the most impact, the most fruitfulness, the most freedom. The world will tell you God's way is bondage. I'm telling you the world's way is bondage. 
The world's way suffers loss. The world's way steal, kills, and destroy. What God's trying to bring you is abundance to the full till it overflows. Can we trust the Holy Spirit of God? Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, is freedom, not bondage. Your blindness, you don't realize you're already in bondage. He's bringing freedom. He's bringing freedom. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now, I'm not just speaking today. That's why I'm taking it a little different route. Because when we typically talk about receiving the Holy Spirit, we talk about receiving the gifts of the Spirit. We talk about receiving the power of the Spirit. Today, I want to kind of pivot on that and not focus so much on the gifts and abilities. And I want to focus on receiving Him, receiving His voice, receiving His presence. So I'm going to illustrate it with our house that we have up here today. So over here, we have our bonus room. I would say that this is where a lot of Christians in the church world kind of place the Holy Spirit in their lives. He's a bonus, he's an add-on feature in their house. Kind of a luxury room, right? Let me give you another instance like that. Some individuals will think whether I have the Holy Spirit or don't have the Holy Spirit moving in my life, it's not a big deal. You know, I have God, I have Jesus, I have understanding there. Those things of the Holy Spirit, they're kind of extras, bonuses, luxury items. Are you understanding that theology, that mentality of people? Like, look, the Holy Spirit is not a bonus or an add-on. He is God. And He's a priority. Amen. But we oftentimes, when we think of the Holy Spirit or the things of the Holy Spirit, we set them off to a weekend experience. We set them off into the game room of our life where we want to go in and we want to feel good and we want to have some fun with Him. We want to, we want to kind of dance around. We kind of want to forget the, the stuff going on in the real world out there. We want to come to church and feel some goosebumps or just get a little touch and a little bit of fun. I'm here to tell you that this is limiting what the Holy Spirit wants to bring into our lives. This idea that he's kind of a bonus part of our life, he's a weekend experience part of our life, but this, this is the real world. This is, the, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is, this is the serious talks and the serious conversations and directions of our life. And we have to learn how to not shut the Holy Spirit into a bonus room and lock him into a Sunday experience or church experience. So we're breaking this mindset that the Holy Spirit and the gifts and the, the voice and the presence of the Holy Spirit, somehow he's, he's for the weekend, he's for fun, he's for feel good, he's, he's just a luxury. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit wants access into all the rooms of the house, into the serious business of the house, into the most intimate places of the house, to where your life is deeply impacted and affected. He didn't come and bring his presence into your life just to give you a little touch on Sunday. Somebody say amen. Or just to go do a little Holy Spirit. Look, go in here and we do our little Holy Spirit like, woo, dancing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, come on now. You know? A couple of shouts, a couple of dances and all that kind of stuff. But then Monday morning, we go into the work. We go back home into our kitchens. We go back into our relationships and the issues. And where's the Holy Spirit there? Where's the Holy Spirit there? I'll tell you where he's, he's waiting for you to give him access, to receive him into these places of your life. Are you hearing me, church? And we can't say that we've received the fullness of the Holy Spirit if we lock him in a room on Monday or on Sunday afternoon and we leave Calvary Sanctuary, say, man, that was fun. I'll catch him next weekend. And then we go back into the drudgery of life. Amen. That's what today's about. Giving the key to the house to the Holy Spirit. He's not a guest in your house. Go stay in your room. <laughs> it's not your business, Holy Spirit, what I do over here. Go stay in your room. He has a key to the whole house. Amen. That's receiving the Holy Spirit today. That's receiving the Holy Spirit today. Let's talk about the other rooms of the house. Let's go to the kitchen. See, here in the kitchen, we're cooking stuff up. 
This is the family table. These are where the conversations happen. This is where we feed ourselves. Is the Holy Spirit allowed into this part of our life? Is he allowed into the kitchen of our life? Are we feeding on life or death? Blessing or cursing? Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, you can write it down. The Bible says God is saying, today I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then God says, choose life. And you can hear what's coming out of our mouths. You can hear what's going on at the family table and those discussions. Are we talking about life, things that produce life and truth, or are we focusing on things that produce death, things that are filled with the curse of this world and not linking it into the things that bring life and peace? What's coming out of the abundance of our heart? What's going on in the discussion of our day to day? Are we locking into life? Are we laying hold of life? Are we laying hold of death? I almost see it like going into a pantry in your kitchen. And on this side, you have a bunch of food that produces diabetes. Come on now. Obesity, acne, whatever. And on this side, maybe you've got some things that produce some like vitamins, <laughs> some, some real good energy, right? And it's like you can choose. Are we gonna choose death or are we gonna choose life? What are we focusing on as a family? What are you focusing on as an individual? And then what are you feeding on? The kitchen of our life. What are you feeding on? What are you feeding yourself? Death would be things, you write these things down, things that sound or taste like fear, bitterness, gossip, the spirit of this age, What's going on at that family table? What's going on in the, the abundance of your heart and what's coming out of your mouth? Because that means that's what you've been feeding on. Are we always talking about who we're offended at, who hurt us, who we're bitter at? Are we talking about all the problems in this world and how it's all gonna go south and what the devil's doing? Or are we talking about things that have hurt us and made us angry all the time? Are we talking about, are we talking the same way the world talks? about life. Are you understanding this? What is that sound coming out at that family table? Have we been feasting on death and that's what we're regurgitating back out of our mouth? Or does it sound like life? What does feasting on life sound like? Things that are truthful, things that are good, praiseworthy, uplifting conversations, hope-giving conversations, love. Now here's the key, you cannot just Force your tongue to speak goodness, hope, truth, because the Bible tells us that you can't tame the tongue in James. So the key here isn't trying to just control what's coming out of your mouth. The Bible gives us a clue that says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you just try to control your tongue without feasting and filling your heart with good things, see the reason bad, fear, anxiety, gossip, bitterness is coming out at that table is because that's what you're full of. Somebody say amen. If you want good and love and hopefulness and truth to come out, then you have to feed on it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you telling me the Holy Spirit, if I let him out of his bonus room, is gonna get involved into the things that I put into my heart? Yes. Have you received him into what you're feeding on? Have you given the Holy Spirit access to determine what you put inside of your heart? It's a good question. Amen? What are we feeding on? Let's talk about media, your music. Uh-oh, don't touch my music, Pastor Kevin. I'm not gonna touch anything. I'm asking you to let the Holy Spirit take a look at what you listen to and give you a thumbs up or a big old thumbs down. But it's just music, it doesn't affect me. Is the Holy Spirit allowed to talk to you about the media, the television you watch, the shows that you're addicted to, the movies that you feast on and that you watch? Please do not believe the lie that you can listen to anything, watch anything, and it will not affect you somehow. That's a lie. 
You wanna know how I know it's a lie? Because our world spends a lot of money to pump its message into the minds of our kids through cartoons and through movies and through comedy and things so that what they laugh at one day, they'll be doing another day. Are you understanding? The world knows that the media is powerful to mold, influence, and affect how you live. It's a lie to believe, oh, I, I can listen to anything I want, I can feed on anything I want, and it's not going to bother me or affect me. It will affect you. And so have we received the Holy Spirit into our lives? Do we give him the key to what we feed on, what we place in our hearts? Like Pastor Kevin, I liked it better when he was in the bonus room because I'm in the middle of a Netflix series right now and I have to figure out how it ends. I mean, couldn't you give me this message? I got like two more seasons. Look, I'm not trying to bring bondage. You hear my language? I'm not trying to bring legal, we, we, we call it legalism. No, I'm trying to tell you wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is allowed to move, he's gonna bring freedom. But you're like, I don't feel like I'm in bondage feeding on that stuff. It's because the spirit of truth hasn't come in yet. And you know what's gonna happen if you let the spirit of truth in and you'd rather believe a lie. Come on. We'd rather believe a lie than to have to sacrifice something and trust because it's a trust issue. It's a trust issue that the spirit of truth knows better and that his ways are better. What are we feeding on at that family table? What's, what does our music sound like? What's coming out of it? The media, the news that you're watching constantly, the entertainment, your TikTok feed, your social media. You know, there was a time where you had to go into a store and buy perverse things. Now they just pump it to you on your phone. Are you understanding? Can we let the Holy Spirit in? Say, I've received the Holy Spirit, I speak in tongues, but have you received him into your media? Is this good? I received the Holy Spirit on Sundays. I received the Holy Spirit when I wanna feel good. I received the Holy Spirit when I need a miracle. I received the Holy Spirit when I need a healing, but have you received him into your media? Into what you fill your heart with? It's just about trust. And my friend, again, I keep going back because this isn't meant to feel condemning. This is meant, if you could hear the heart of God, this is, this is what he would say, I love you. I loved you so much I put on flesh and I died on a cross and I took on death, hell, and the grave. No one loves you like I love you. So if I'm pulling something out of your life, it's because I love you more than those people that are trying to sell you something or to influence you into their way of thinking. I made you. I know you, you in your mother's womb. Nobody loves you like me and all I want for you is your prosperity and your freedom and your best. If you trust God like that, then you can give him the key to what you fill your heart with. If you think he's trying to take something away from you, he's more trying to get something to you than trying to just take something away from you. Amen. Here's some scripture. Oh, real quick. I've talked about media, but also, you know, people. What are you feeding on? What attitudes? Those conversations around the table. Do you know we can feed on other people's spirit and attitude? If you're feeding on relationships that are filled with gossip and dissension, backbiting and deceit, what do you think is going to fill your heart and spirit? So we can, we can challenge media all we want, but some of you, is the Holy Spirit allowed to talk to you about some of the people in your life? Some of the attitudes of the people that you fellowship with and you feed a lot of time, you become like who you hang around. You become like who you hang around. And if you hang around people that are talking death all the time, that are talking, you know, bitterness, resentment, fear, gossip all the time, sexual things, whatever, perverse, coarse joking, that's going to affect you. Philippians 4.8, write this in your notes, Philippians 4.8. And now, brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
Fix your thoughts on what is true. The Bible's telling you to pay attention to what you're thinking about. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Do you understand God has a list of what denotes life, food, life, feeding on life? Fix your thoughts on things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can you filter your media through that category? Can you filter your relationships and conversations through that filter? Amen. Ephesians 5, 4, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse joking. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Amen. There should not be coarse joking, sexual joking, perverse conversation coming out of the mouth of a believer. But again, what are you filling your heart with? I, you can't control your tongue on your own. You can't fill your heart with garbage and make your tongue speak life. Are you understanding? Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart, what's going in? What are you feeding on in that kitchen? Guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. In Proverbs 23.7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. Will we let the Holy Spirit come into the kitchen of our life, what we're feeding on. Can you just give God praise for that conversation real quick? Amen. Now we're moving into the office. Can we let the Holy Spirit into the office of our life? The business part of our life. What we do Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, going to work, again, the Holy Spirit's for Sunday, Pastor Kevin. The Holy Spirit is for shouting and dancing and, and speaking in tongues and miracles and, and all that stuff. And you're trying to tell me that I'm supposed to allow the Holy Spirit into my business dealings? Yes. Have you, re have you received the Holy Spirit into the house? And in that house, there's an office. And there's a way that you do business. Your business practices. Come on your business practices. So we start asking ourselves some questions. How do we include the Holy Spirit into our work life? Some of you own businesses. Is there any place for the Holy Spirit to speak to you throughout the work week? You're an employee somewhere. Is there any place for the Holy Spirit to speak to you about how you do your job? How to succeed, how to expand it, how to do better, how to handle difficult clients or difficult employees. Do you even take the time to ask the Holy Spirit to help you in business? Well, they didn't teach me that in the university. The Bible teaches it to you. Praise God for university, praise God for education and degrees, but I also praise God that God is bigger than our education. Amen. And imagine if you're this successful with using your degrees, imagine how much more successful you'd be by letting the Holy Spirit speak and breathe more life into that. Or what happens when you face situations where your degree didn't prepare you how to handle that situation? Your business experience doesn't know how to fix that situation, but you know who does? God, who made the universe. And through the access of the Holy Spirit, you can have the mind of Christ. Come on now. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it to us liberally. But do we even ask? Or do we only wait until every, the wheels are falling off the business? What if we built a business with the wisdom of God? Isn't that great? But where in your business practice have you received the Holy Spirit into the office management of your life? That's what I'm trying to say. We put the Holy Spirit over there in the Sunday box. But when you received the Holy Spirit, he wanted your life. He wanted access to the whole house, not just one little bonus room, but into the significant life-changing, life-altering conversations and things that, that affect you. Amen? Do we give him space to talk to us about our business practices? 
in the office of our life? Do we give the Holy Spirit space to talk to us how we spend our finances? Does our money usage reflect a life led by the Holy Spirit? If you look at your checkbook, if we still used those, or your app, maybe your banking app, can, is there any reflection of listening to God's voice about how you spend the money? Is there any reflection in there about Holy Spirit-led initiatives and mission and contribution? Is there any inclusion of the Holy Spirit and God's things that are important to God in there? If you can't see it somewhere in the checkbook or in the banking app that there's anything that reflects the Holy Spirit's touch on your money, then we need to let the Holy Spirit in. Thank you all five of you that said amen to that conversation. Remember what I said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. If the Holy Spirit wants to get involved in your money, he's not trying to take something from you, he's trying to get something to you. Do you trust him? But doesn't he know that this is all we have? Yes, he knows what you have, but he also knows how to multiply it supernaturally. He also knows how to make it go farther. And he also knows how to make sure you're contributing to some things that are not just temporal. Because if you don't budget in some 10% giving or something to that effect, then you know and I know that money takes wings and it flies away and it will go into just living and we will live, we will be clothed, we will eat, we will have experiences and we will die and all that stuff will die with it. But only that which was given to the kingdom of God will go on forever. And so God wants you to be linked to some eternal treasure, come on, some eternal vision, some things that are not just gonna pass away and we need some discipline from the Holy Spirit to help us do that. That's good preaching, Pastor Kevin, I know, I know. It's amazing. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, 9 through 10, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I bring that up because of that whole idea of business, how to do business. Well, my experience tells me to do business like this. My degrees tell me to do business like this. But though those things are good, we also wanna make sure we submit our knowledge, submit our degree in education to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So it says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't, I'm gonna say it like this, don't just depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. Say all, all you do, not just what you do on Sunday. Seek his will on all you do and he will show you, that's a promise, which path to take. You have a silent partner, business partner, He's here to help you succeed. He's here to help show you secret things, hidden things, ways to prosper where no one else knows how to prosper. But are you opening the door into the business arena of your life to the Holy Spirit? Where are you giving him opportunity to speak to you? The Bible goes on in Proverbs 3 to say this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So we give to the things of God. We honor God, not just with our words, not just with our service, but with a portion of what came in as a response to say, God, you gave me the knowledge. God, you gave me the health. God, you gave me the opportunity. God, though men are paying me, I know that it's coming because of your blessing on my life. And I honor the Lord with the best, the first and best of my increase. That's really good. And that's receiving the Holy Spirit into your money, into your business, and letting God talk to you about it. You might say, this sounds too practical, Pastor Kevin. Is God really gonna get involved in things in the natural realm? Is he really going to get involved in business and in like physical, natural law and like knowledge that I may need? I just thought this scripture would bless you. First Kings chapter four, verse 29 through 34. This was God's spirit upon Solomon, the most, the most wise and financially prosperous man the Bible ever mentions existed. And so he prospered in wealth, 
He prospered in influence. He prospered in wisdom. And his fame went all over the world. And it didn't come because of just his studies. It was because the Holy Spirit gave him understanding above his studies. Gave him capacity to learn and have insight into not just spiritual things, but natural things. God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding. Solomon wasn't a preacher. Solomon wasn't a pastor, wasn't locked in a Sunday service. This was how to rule a kingdom. And knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. In fact, his wisdom exceeded that of the wise men of the East and the wise men of Egypt. And he was wiser than a whole bunch of people that were listed there. His fame spread throughout all the surrounding nations. He composed some 3,000 proverbs. He wrote 1,005 songs. That's very specific. He could speak with authority about all kinds of things like plants, from the great cedar of Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grew from cracks in the wall. He could speak about animals, birds, small creatures, fish, and kings from all nations sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. I wanted you to see here that it wasn't limited to wisdom just on speaking in tongues or healing or deliverance or, or churchy things, that his wisdom went into things like biology and science and prosperity and kingdom and, and wisdom how to lead. Do you see his wisdom went into multiple arenas? Have we let the Holy Spirit into the offices of our life, our business? Now let's get into this conversation, the bedroom. Let's get into this one. And one more time, I'm gonna have some conversation here if you have a little one in the room that you need to skedaddle. Is the Holy Spirit welcome into your bedroom? I listed this as the romantic relationships of your life. Relationship, I'd like to say, singular. <laughs> Scratch out the S if you accidentally wrote an S. It's correct on my notes. Is the Holy Spirit welcomed into the romantic relationship of your life? Is the Holy Spirit welcomed into what you do with your body? And sexuality is the Holy Spirit welcomed into the intimacy you have with your spouse. Remember, wherever we allow the Spirit in, He brings freedom, not bondage. You were already in bondage, you just were only, you were unaware. If we are not allowing the Holy Spirit's truth to dictate and determine how we live, with our bodies and sexuality and our romantic relationship, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit in there, then we're, we're hindered. We could be living a deception where the devil's stealing, killing, and destroying. Let me just lay some foundation on some key things that we don't talk a lot about in church anymore, but I think it's important. Number one, sex without the covenant of marriage in the Bible is called fornication. Adultery would be considered a fornication act as well. So they're kind of like together. The reason I bring that up is I don't know if the average Christian person coming to the Lord knows how to find those definitions. I've had people tell me, I've looked all throughout the Bible and I don't see anywhere in here that says sex before marriage is bad or sex outside of marriage is a sin. The word is fornication. That's why you can't find it. We don't use that word in our culture. But if you look in a concordance or you, you know, look it up, you'll see that adulterers and fornicators are not welcomed into the kingdom of God ways. Those are not blessed practices, they're sin. And so that'll help you as you kind of research, you know, can I have sex with my girlfriend or my boyfriend before marriage? I wanted to be very clear that sex without a covenant in marriage it's called fornication. If you have sex with someone who's not your marriage partner, you're an adulterer. Do not live, yeah, go ahead. And here's some more kind of housekeeping things. Do not live alone with someone before you're married. The Bible tells us to flee temptation. 
And although you might sit there and say, we'll never do anything, we promise. <laughs> so let's just say that you, you were just really strong and you didn't do anything. The Bible also says to avoid the appearance of evil. So those two things are the two big check boxes that are saying, don't live together before you're married. Don't live alone together before you're married. Are you understanding? It's not because God is against you. Say, Pastor Kevin, I liked it better when the Holy Spirit was over there playing games on Sunday. Now you're trying to take away my fun. This is the truth. Truth is meant to set you free. Something is being robbed from you by not doing it God's way. Where the spirit of the Lord is, is freedom. There's a bondage you're agreeing to by sleeping around with people that aren't your spouse. You're opening up all kinds of doors for the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. And you're ruining other people's lives as well as your own. Amen? Flee temptation, the Bible says. Don't put yourself in the middle of temptation by living together. And avoid the appearance of evil. So let's say you even didn't do anything. But by us believers, remember I'm talking to believers now. I'm not talking to people who don't attest to faith in Christ. I'm talking to believers. Amen? If we believers start just sleeping around or living with our girlfriends and boyfriend, whatever, and even even though we may not be doing anything sexually, maybe we're totally like living separate in the same place. Your behavior is modeling something that another young believer may try and they're not as strong as you. But you see your disobedience is giving them permission to also live that way. And you don't know how strong they are and now you're making your brother stumble, which the Bible also says is wrong. Are you seeing this? And I think it's important that we understand that the reason God wants you to get married is because marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. And you know, Jesus isn't a live-in boyfriend. Come on, somebody. Amen. Jesus isn't just trying to get something from his bride. He's covenanted and laid his life down for her to protect and provide for her. He will never leave her or forsake her. And in that relationship, then you can be intimate. And then that's also what we teach our children. So our kids know what covenant looks like and commitment looks like. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 13, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Hebrews chapter 13, four, give honor to marriage, remain faithful one to another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Sex was God's designed. It's within his plan. It's about freedom and fulfillment that God has. He does have a freedom in that and there's a fulfillment in that that God has for us. To our married couples, I wanna talk to you about intimacy and your relationship. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse four through five. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband. The husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I know it's quiet in here today. But look, married couples, God designed us to be intimate with one another. And he didn't mean for us to use sex as a manipulation piece to our spouse. 
to withhold and control and Amen? I know you don't want to say amen right now. It's fine. (laughs) And the only reason of depriving one another from that intimate relationship is for a time of fasting or prayer or, you know, whatever. And I'm sure that the Bible would also say that there's busy times and busy seasons and we understand that. Sometimes people work out of town and, I mean, we get that. There's, the, the point of the conversation is this. The point of the conversation is there's supposed to be an intimacy and a freedom between husbands and wives of where they experience one another and they enjoy one another. And if that's separated for some reason or period of time that you quickly come back together again to make sure that the devil doesn't tempt somebody away. I'm not here to judge or to make light of health issues that create challenges in intimacy and marriage. That's a real legitimate thing. There are people that go through health challenges and it makes sex difficult or hard or impossible even in some situations. And so we don't make light of that. But today I'm talking to the other groups and couples in the room. We need to realize that God's plan for sex is not just an act. It's a result of intimacy, which is why I wanna bring the Holy Spirit into this conversation. See, if if God's going to tell us that we're not supposed to like withhold ourselves from each other or use it to manipulate or control, sex isn't just about, we're not animals. It's not just an act. Sex is part of intimacy in a relationship. And when a healthy relationship has healthy intimacy of emotional intimacy, of conversational intimacy, of feeling secure with one another, of feeling heard by one another, honored by one another. Do you know sex is the fruit of that intimacy? Are you understanding this? This isn't just about, hey, go have a lot of sex. That's not a bad, I mean, that's, praise God, there's not a limit on that either, you know, praise God. Doesn't say like once a week or once a month or on your birthday, you know what I mean? That was really inappropriate. Dear, forgive me, Jesus. Look, I'm trying to, I feel as awkward sharing to you, all right? (laughs) Listen, we realize that sex is not just an act, it's a result of intimacy. Sex is a part of intimacy. So if we're withholding ourselves from each other, listen to me, something is broken down in our intimacy with each other. Because if it's not a health issue, the natural tendency of the way God designed us in marriage is when our intimacy is high, then sex will be a fruit of that. It's part of that. It feels natural, amen? When you have a lot of hurdles to get over because of hurt, because of unforgiveness, because of feeling mistreated, undervalued, neglected, it makes sex hard because intimacy is hard because of all these wounds, all these pains, all these things, which is where the Holy Spirit then comes in and can bring healing and point those things out if we're willing to be led by the Spirit to say, God, why are my spouse and I not able to be close? Why do they recoil? Why are we not close physically? There's something there. There's a wall there. Something has grown cold. Something has been wounded or hurt. Holy Spirit, would you come into my relationship, even into those intimate places with the person that I love and help me see where maybe I've missed it, where maybe I need to repent, where maybe I need to ask forgiveness, where maybe I need to serve better, where maybe I need to listen better or provide better. Are you understanding this? If we're not connecting emotionally, the connecting physically becomes even more challenging. Married couples, will we allow the Holy Spirit to deal with us in our intimacy with our spouse? Can the Holy Spirit talk to us about where we may have hurt or offended our spouse. Talk to us about sacrificing some time for our spouse. How about sacrificing even money for our spouse? Some of us are so afraid of running out of money that we have not even allowed our spouse to, 
We've not taken them out to dinner. We've not bought them flowers. We've not even given them the ability to do some things that they need to do because we want to control everything because we're afraid. And so that fear is also now putting a wall up between you and your spouse, the fear of running out of money. And your spouse is trying to help, but you're so micromanaging and so domineering. Holy Spirit, can you help us fix this? I give you the key to talk to us about these personal issues, these deeply personal and private areas that no one ever talks about because church is meant to stay over there in the bonus room and not meant to come into the bedroom, the things of the Spirit. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit knows how we operate. He wants to bring freedom into every area of your life. And if you're not free in this area, then you're still bound. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And he doesn't want you bound or being stolen from in any area. We need the Holy Spirit to help us through difficult seasons sometimes. You know, some of you, it's a season of stress and busyness raising your kids. And you know what? There's not always all the romance when you're a young parent. It's just survival. Holy Spirit, can you give us some grace for each other during this time? Holy Spirit, can you help me help my, help my wife more so she's not so taxed and wore out or support her, encourage her, let her know she's doing a great job. She's doing the best she can. And, you know, sometimes we're, as, you know, as a guy, might be like, well, how come I'm not getting taken care of? Well, she needs some being taken care of too. Holy Spirit, can you help me have eyes to see how I can help? The intimacy part is gonna work itself out. God will help you with the sexuality and the intimacy part, but there's other parts that are missing. Are you seeing what I'm saying in this? Or is there anxiety? These are difficult times that affect our intimacy. There's stress about money and work. And that fear, it's just consuming and the stress at work and it's hard to be romantic. And guys sometimes have a hard time putting off this, leaving it alone. Again, this goes back to letting the Holy Spirit help us with the work so that it doesn't steal our years of intimacy with our spouse. And all the devil has to do is create some fire at work or some problem at work and then we come home and we're all huffy and angry and offended and we start barking at our spouse and then we think that they're supposed to be intimate with us. You've been barking at them for weeks. And you're like, yeah, but I'm under stress. Then cast your care on the Lord and let the Holy Spirit bring you some peace. Let the Holy Spirit get involved. Stop carrying it on your own shoulders. Holy Spirit, help, Holy Spirit, help us to discuss the intimacy breakdown. How can we let the Holy Spirit guide us into truth and understanding in these deeply intimate places that make such a difference in our lives? Did you get anything out of that today, church? When we talk about the Holy Spirit in this church, we're not here to play games. The Holy Spirit's meant to set you free and to help you become the fullness of what Jesus Christ has paid for you to be. So I'm gonna pray over you, why don't you stand? Here's what I did today as we close. I asked the worship team to come and to lead us in a chorus where it sings, it says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. And I want us to envision while we sing this together, opening this door to saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here in what I feed myself, my media, my friends, our entertainment. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here in our business, in our finances. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here in our bedrooms and intimate places of our lives. And up front in these buckets, I have keys for everybody here. And if you want one, you don't have to come and get one. You can come and grab one of these keys as a token for the day and go spend some time and sing this song between you and the Holy Spirit and you know what you're opening the door to the Holy Spirit in that area. No one's gonna ask you, no one's gonna sit there and stick their nose in your business, but you can take this key and find a place with God and say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And you can give him whatever here is, whatever door you've closed to him, whatever, whatever place you've withheld and say, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you permission into that place. Let me pray, the altars are gonna be open. Find an extra few moments to spend with the Holy Spirit and 
let him bring freedom into that area of your life. Heavenly Father, right now, as we come into a place in this service where we get to spend some time with just you, and we declare this song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I ask that you help us to have the courage to open up a door in our heart that maybe has been closed in some way, to let you in to our business, to our our media, what we feed ourselves, what's going into our heart, to our marriage, to our intimacy, to any other area. I didn't even list in this service today, but the idea is this. We want freedom in every area. We don't want to be bound in any area, and we don't want to close the door to you in any area. We want to receive you fully into the house. This is your house. We don't just keep you as a guest. Lord, we give you full access to every part of this house in Jesus' name. Why don't you come, grab a key, spend some time with God, and let's let the Holy Spirit get you free in some of these areas in your life.
let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your Father, we come to you, we completely open ourselves up and we say, Holy Spirit, take every part of our lives. Let these little keys be a reminder to us that there's no door that we want to keep closed. There's no off-limits conversation. We trust you that anything you want to come into, that you're bringing truth, you're bringing freedom, you're bringing life. And so God, we're done hiding things from you. We're done compartmentalizing and separating the life of the Spirit with real life. Our real life is in the Spirit. We are Spirit-filled, Spirit-led people. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so have your way. Talk to us throughout the week. And God, we give you our yes. We give you our yes because we trust you. We trust you knowing you love us more than anybody, that you wanna see our lives move forward and prosper, and that God, Anything that we were holding on to that wasn't from God, we don't want it anyway. It's just gonna steal, kill, and destroy from us. So we give you our yes. We, we receive you fully, Holy Spirit, today in Jesus' name. If you agree with that prayer, would you just give God a celebration of openness and gratitude and gratefulness? Thank you, Lord. Thank you that he's that interested. You ever think about that? Thank you, God, that you're that interested in every area of our life. Before I dismiss you, I wanna give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you'll just give me one more minute. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means we all need a Savior. The wages and penalty of that sin is death, which is separation from God, even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And not only is God offering eternal life, he's offering to make you a son and daughter of him, of the King to bring you into the family of God. So this prayer is not just about forgiveness, it's about becoming a part of the family of God. And so today the Bible gives us the how-to. It says, all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so we wanna make sure you've had an opportunity in your life to call on the name of the Lord to be your savior. If you can't remember a time in your life that you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and savior, then I'm gonna pray a prayer. When I do that, I want you to pray that prayer with me. Or if you say, Pastor Kevin, a long time ago, I had a relationship with God, but I've really walked away, I've let it grow cold, and I'd like to recommit my life to the Lord. If that's you, then I want you to pray that prayer with us too. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have you bow your heads and close your eyes. Just give some people some privacy. And if that's you, you say, Pastor Kevin, I wanna commit my life to Jesus today. I wanna call on the Lord to save me for the first time or to recommit my life to the Lord. When I count to three, I want you by faith to simply raise your hand right where you are. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand today and let's give your life to Jesus. Just put your hand up where we can see it. I see a hand right there. Awesome. Praise God. Anybody else today? Just put your hand up and we'll pray for you right where you are. I see that hand. Anybody else today? Second hand right there. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Anybody else today? I need to get right with the Lord. Just put your hand up. A third hand over there. I see you. Thank you. Anyone else? Four right there. Awesome. I got that one there. 
if, even if I missed it, how many of you know Jesus sees it, amen? So four or five hands, praise God. Would you all pray this prayer with me? Yeah, you can celebrate, that's okay. Pray this prayer. Repeat this after me, dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me your child. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you can celebrate good, church. Amen. Welcome home. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.